0: Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.PurposeMCC.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius
1: Phillips, with today's message.
2: Hallelujah. Listen, I know this morning that there, there are those across this sanctuary that you need God to touch you you need a healing maybe you need a restoration in your life but for whatever reason you didn't come this morning so here's what I want us to do I want you just to If if you are a believer and you know that God is a healer, I want you just to reach over and put your hand on someone's shoulder next to you. And we just want to come together in agreement today that where you are The presence of God is going to touch your life. He's going to touch your body right now in the name of Jesus. God, you're great. You're mighty. You're powerful. We believe every part of your word. We believe, God, that you died on the cross your blood was shed for us we believe this morning that you are our healer we believe that you are our restorer we believe that greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world we believe this morning that no weapon formed against my brother or sister will prosper We believe this morning that every tongue that would rise up against them in judgment will be condemned because this is our heritage. This is who we are in you. We believe this morning that your word is living and powerful it is sharper than a two-edged sword, that it cuts to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. And right now, in agreement with my brother and my sister, your word is going into the very core of who they are. You are touching them today. You are bringing healing and restoration to their minds, body, and spirit. In Jesus' name, we thank you, we honor you, we give you praise, and everybody said amen. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: shared Romans 12:11 with me and it says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And as we were singing this song which the Lord spoke to me this morning. But as we were singing this song and it says that he has healed all of our diseases. Okay, they're not my disease. They're all of the diseases that come against us, the authorities of um principalities of, of hell that tries to come against us. Um, This morning I came to this uh, recognition of something back in um, stuff most of you know because you've walked with me through my journey in cancer with cancer and uh, the end of 2016 2017 beginning of that um, started treatments and um, um, I stood on some word stood on a lot of word that's where I stood and one of the scriptures was mark 16 and it said that I will take in deadly poison and it will not harm me at all. And as I stood on that scripture, I remember taking a shower and um, was brushing my hair and a handful started coming out. And um, as I got out of the shower and I looked in the mirror and actually when I looked in the mirror when I started brushing my hair out, a handful started coming out and I said, I will not take in deadly poison. I mean, I take in deadly poison; it will not harm me at all. I take in deadly poison; it will not harm me at all, because I knew that that's where I was standing. But what I was seeing was clumps of my hair falling out. And this morning, when I was talking to Lilia, I said something, and she said, "Oh no, Mom," she thought I'd said that my hair was coming out. And I come to this realization, and I'm going to try to share it to the best of my ability because I'm, I'm, I believe that I'm coming to know it in a new light. the the word rang true in that even though with my flesh and what I was seeing, my hair coming out, God's word was true because even though what I was seeing come out, it was working for my good. Not one day would I ever go back and save one of those hairs that fell out of my head because God did a work in my life through every single piece of hair that fell out of my head. And His Word is truth. No matter what we're going through, no matter what we see, no matter even if it seems like it contradicts what God's Word is saying, His Word does not fail us. Luke 137, it will not fail. And it will work out for our good. And we don't trade it for nothing. Nothing. Thank
3: you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (sighs) Messing up, brother. I'm going to sit down and do this this morning because my legs are shaking. I, I want to share you something with you this morning. There's a treasure in the house. A few weeks back, about five or six, wasn't it? Brother Cornelius comes to me. he said, you got him money. I said, a little bit. And he said, we'll put it in the bucket. I did, and I didn't know what it was. It was some $20 bills brought it up. And, and I didn't know what he was up to. But I gave him the money. He said, you want to count it? I said, no. He said, you're not getting it back. He didn't know he was prophesied. The love I saw that morning. Men coming by, smiling at me, putting money in the bucket. Brotherly love. It's not everywhere. When I got home that day, I counted the money in the bucket. It was $160 of on my money. $1,375, y'all put in that bucket that morning. That ain't it. When I got to the bank, I counted that money five times. When I got to the bank, it had done grow to fourteen hundred and six dollars. And that's that's a true story. And I got ten more dollars in the next week. So it was a total of fifteen hundred and seventy six dollars in the bucket. And it come to me. But according to prophesied, you don't get to keep it. But I'm gonna tell you what I've done. I, I didn't like them bottles, so I went and bought me an energy one, one of them little oxygen makers. I took that fourteen hundred $1,400, dollars. Fourteen hundred and sixteen dollars. And I put it on that energy. You know <coughs> had it about three weeks and quit using it. My oxygen levels so I don't need it no more but God and he you can't outgive give God this morning I've got a check in my pocket but it building fund fifteen hundred the barrels still full of milk and the is still full of oil and that's, one, that's one love story I wanted to tell this morning church I love you But let me tell you a greater love about 12 or 13 weeks ago, the doctor sent me for an x-ray, and there was water on my lungs, and they couldn't do it anymore, so Miss Cassie said, come on with it, but I got over there, and there was no water on the lungs, so I went back to my doctor, and he sent me for another x-ray. About 3.30 that evening, they called me, said, you got metastatic lung cancer, it's done spreading in your body. And they fixed me up with a pulmonologist there in Farrell. I went to her and she felt my lip nose. She said, We can take a biopsy right there. So they sent me for the biopsy and she, Ain't nothing I can do for you. You're too far gone. And they sent me home with oxygen because I couldn't breathe. And then they fixed me up with my oncologist, Dr. Reese Jones, there in Malvis. And I want to tell this story the best I know how. Bethany came to me one day and told me, make sure you get somebody that cares about you as a doctor. Well, when well, I went to see this man, I saw the first nurse, and then his personal nurse comes, and she comes in the room. She said, hello, my name's Bethany. I'm the man. I'm in the right place. And he set me up, and I did a MRI brain scan, did a b- full-body CT scan. And this doctor, he was so gung-ho to get started, but he come in that morning and said, Mr. Johnson, he said, you eat up. I said, you don't even have to take this stuff. You're just going home. And I t- didn't want to tell him. My mama told me I had to take it. <coughs> she said, you're gonna take the chemo. Anyway, I told him, the thing I told him was, you do what you know to do, doctor. And I'll listen to God and do what he says. And uh, he takes care of the rest. But I didn't have faith to be healed then, pastor. Didn't have it. Been, been in the church since 1984 and found out I didn't have faith enough to get healed. Good friend of mine, Thomas Smith. We've been knowing each other for 53 years. He come to my house. He brought me a word. He said, look up Andrew Womack on the, on the YouTube. Healing is here. I don't remember, Brother Tommy, none of that stuff you brought me, but one word. Andrew Womack said, quit begging God for something here, what he did. He said he paid for your healing 2,000 years ago in polished judgment hall. He took care of your healing before he took care of your salvation. And when I got that word in hey my preacher, Oh I it I went to the doctor, took my chemo, he light and knocked me out. The next time I went to him he cut it down a little bit. And I did all right. These last two times he burnt me up with But I'm here today. I ain't been able to come on the Sundays right at the chemo. I'm here today. We prayed about that. Anyway. Uh to get it right. Death sentence. First, first chemo, got a death sentence. Third, third treatment, he come in there, and I had to go do him, uh, another brain scan that morning. You um, know, he didn't have his report back when I saw him. He said, maybe to be back before you get through. And 2.30, I got through with a chemo, a three-hour chemo. I saw him in a lounge he was with some people dressed up. I figured they were salesmen. And rude as I am, I stuck my head in the door and said, you got my report yet? He said, no, but I'll go look for it. And he went back, and he come back scratching his head, shaking his head. He said, Mr. Johnson, I don't know what to tell you, but that brain to me is gone. It's gone. Last Thursday, last Thursday, I went and had an, uh, another CT uh, body scan and Tuesday morning, this Tuesday morning, passed, I went for my chemo. He come in the door smiling I said, oh Lord, it's up again. Now I was looking for a different report, but I'll take it. He said, your cancer, your uh, tumors in your body have significantly reduced, this is your last chemo treatment. We'll go to immune <laughs> therapy. And, uh, and, and, and it's all all this motherly love and sisterly love. Miss Kathy is the first one who looked at me and said, God's got it. Don't worry about it. Amen. And everybody, I, I appreciate your prayers. But I've learned to have faith in God. It's a, it's a wonderful journey. I love y'all. Come on
2: and give him a good hand this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. Amen. Nothing shall be impossible to them that believe. Amen. God is teaching me more and more. And I'm, I'm discovering more and more of the simple faith that it takes to move the hand of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I uh, told Autumn and and the worship team this morning, they were asking me about the song, and I said, I want you to sing one song after the offering, and after that I'm going to get up. So here we are. Uh forty five minutes later. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> you can you can uh, stand with me and I wanna read this scripture and, and because I got something I want to share and then we're we're gonna move on. But I just wanna give you this uh Matthew chapter twenty five and verse fourteen, beginning with verse fourteen. This is uh a parable That Jesus spoke of we know it as the parable of the talents Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14 and we're kicking off today uh, I believe this is the year that McCulloch Christian Center will become debt-free I believe this is I believe this is the time uh, you can ask Pastor Don and others. Uh, we have talked about this. We have, we have discussed it for years. Uh, could this be the year? And things just never worked out. And, but I believe that this is the year that God is saying, and it's not without reason. God's not going God's not to work in our debt just to say, Hey, look what I did. Now enjoy the money. Uh, There's a reason that God's doing that because there are greater things that he's wanting this this body to do. And the greater things will require greater finances, greater support, greater faith. And so I believe that that's the reason that God is doing that. So in order to get to the greater, we've got to deal with this right now. So I believe this is our year. And so we're starting today a time to sow uh, because I believe this is a time to sow. And uh, I want to I wanna, uh, bring you uh, a message this morning on do something that God can bless. And I don't know if you remember several months ago I told you that, I, that in prayer one morning in my office at home as I was praying uh, the Lord just simply spoke those words to me. Do something that I can bless. I wrote it down in my, in my journal. Uh, I shared it with you guys. But that's been a recurring theme in my spirit for several months since that time. Do something that I can bless. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about that just briefly this morning because I, I'm not going to be long. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And the one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and reckoned with him with them, and so he that had received the five talents came and brought other five talents saying lord thou delivered unto me five talents behold i have gained beside them five talents more his lord said unto him well done thou good and faithful servant thou hast been faithful over a few things i will make you ruler over many things enter thou into the joy of the lord he also that had received the two talents came and said lord Thou delivered unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou in to the joy of thy Lord. And then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the the earth. Lo, there thou hast, that is thine. Thank you, Father, for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can take your seat. Our universe, our world, our nation, our community, our homes... All of those things are governed by certain laws Uh, every individual in this room this morning you are governed by certain laws whether it's it's uh, uh, laws uh, that that are handed down from the government or laws that are handed down through this county we're all governed by certain laws and Every aspect of our lives, our spirits are governed by certain laws. So every aspect of who we are is governed by those laws. And, and so uh, Jesus gives this parable about the kingdom of God. And he talks about a man uh, which was himself that uh, went into a foreign uh, left and went into a foreign country, and he gave some of his servants some of uh, some uh, talents, gave one five, one two, and, and another uh, one talent, and he gave those talents to them, and, and he went into this foreign country. The kingdom of heaven is also governed by laws. God governs the kingdom of heaven uh, through laws, and the law that we uh, hear most about probably is the law of sowing and reaping. What a man sows, that shall he reap. That applies whether you're born again or are or, or a heathen. What you sow is you're going to reap what you sow. And so, but in this parable, there's another law that uh, we see uh, that, that is used, and it is the law of use, the law of use. But I want you to notice something about this. Uh, and we're just going to say, Jesus... Because he's the one, he's talking about himself being the one that goes into the foreign country. But I want you to notice something about how he deals with these servants. First of all, he called them. They didn't call him. They didn't come to him begging. They didn't come to him asking. He called them. Secondly, he delivered the talents to them. All right? The talent is a weight. All right? It could be gold, silver, or even bronze. The the word talent simply describes a weight, and so he delivered them talents. Now, one thing that I thought about uh, as I was studying this is that would change the whole dynamic of this uh, parable. Uh, because we always look at the one with five talents and say, well, you know, he got the greatest. And we look at the one with two and said, he got, he got two talents, and so no wonder they could go out and increase. And the, the one that only got one talent, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, obvious that, that, that he wouldn't be able to increase that. But what if, what if, the talent being a weight, what if the one that got the five talents received five talents of bronze? And what if the one that got only two, got two talents received two talents of silver? And what if the one that only got one talent received just one talent of gold? You see, that one talent of gold would be worth more money than the five talents of bronze. You understand what I'm saying? You see, that would change the whole dynamic of the way we think about this parable. It would change our whole concept of this parable. Uh, Notice this. He gave them the talents according to their abilities. Every one of them had differing abilities, and Jesus uh, gave them their talents according to their abilities. Guys, I want you to know this morning that all of us in here have different abilities. We all have differing gifts. You can't do what I do, and I can't do what you do. But yet what you do is just as important as what I do, and what I do is just as important as what you do. All right? Every talent and every gift that's been given by the Father has a reason and a purpose in the kingdom of God. If you don't do what God gave you to do, then you are going to hurt my ability to do what God gave me to do. All right? So in this parable, we see this law of use. In other words, it doesn't matter if, if he had gave them a thousand talents, The law of use had to be implemented in this story. If the law of use was not implemented, none of the gifts, none of the talents would have meant anything, all right? So the first two servants win, and I'm going to try to stay on script. Everybody said hallelujah, amen, praise God. Start praying in the Spirit right there. The first two servants went and traded with their talents, and and they, uh, they increased. That word traded simply means that they took, the one took the five, the other took the two. They traded, that means that they engaged in labor, Uh, with the talents that they had been given. They didn't just take them, put them on a shelf. They didn't take them and say, Praise God, I've got it now. But they engaged. In other words, they began to work and toil with the talent that they had been given in order to multiply it and increase it. Listen, if I use what I have, I will gain more. If I fail to use what I've been given, I will lose what I even think I have. I want you to catch that. If you're taking notes, that's a good thing to write down. If I use what I have, I will gain more. If you fail to use what you've been given, don't expect God to give you more. All right. You remember the story in 1 Kings chapter 17 of, of Elijah? Uh, there was a drought in the land, and Elijah uh, was sent by God down by the brook Cherith, uh, and. Uh, ravens fed him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. God took care of him, and then God spoke to Elijah and said, I want you to leave here and go to a place called Zarephath to a widow woman uh, that I've commanded there for her to take care of you. God took him out of a place of plenty and sent him to a place that was dead and dying. But in that place, there was a widow woman there that said, look, I don't have but just a little bit of meal. And just a little bit of oil in my jar. But Elijah said, if you'll be obedient and do what I ask you to do, God will, God will meet your need. You see, she had to use that law of use had to be put in play. It didn't matter how it looked through her eyes. didn't matter how it felt in her mind. She had to uh, initiate this law of use. Listen. I've, I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, I just, I'm just praying for the anointing to be able to heal people. I'm praying uh, for the anointing to be able uh, to be a blessing to others. I, wanna, I just want to be able to bless other people. And I ask them, I say, well, if you're praying for the anointing to heal people, how many people have you laid hands on this week and prayed for healing? Well, none, Pastor. And I say, well, why not? Well, I don't feel it. I, I don't feel the anointing. I, I, listen, if you're waiting on a feeling from the anointing, you're going to be waiting until Jesus comes. You have to apply the law of use in, in, in anointing. If I had waited for the anointing to preach, I would still not be a pastor. But I had to step out and I had to initiate a law of use. And that law of use many times is very small and minute. When I look at it, I can barely see it. I'm like the woman uh, uh, with the, uh, with Elijah. I can just see just a little meal in my barrel. I can see just a little bit of oil in the bottom uh, of, of my jar. It's like me going in and wanting a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and I slap the peanut butter on the bread, and then I reach in the refrigerator and bring out this jar of, of apple uh jelly that has just a little bit of juice down in the bottom of it and I hold it up and I watch as each drop comes out and drops on that piece of bread you see But what you've got to recognize is that when I apply the law of use in the kingdom of God, it doesn't matter how small the the portion is because when I apply it in faith, that is when I release the hand of God to come in and take my little bit and make it big. Notice something about the one that got five talents, two talents, and one talent. Dominion and rulership was their destinies. Catch this. God knew before He gave them the five talents, He looked down and perhaps He said this, I'm giving you five talents, but there's rulership and dominion is your destiny. But it is through these five talents that you are going to recognize your authority to rule and your authority to have dominion. He looked at the one with two talents and he said, "You don't see it now, but I see it because I am almighty and all-seeing. That 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 your destiny uh, has in it rulership and authority, and and so I'm giving you these two talents, and it's through these two talents that your ruling and your authority and your dominion is going to be recognized." He looked at the one and he said, "You don't see it now, and you're it's going to be hard to see it through this one, but I'm giving you this one talent, and you." Your destiny lies in this talent. If you will apply the law of use to what I'm giving you, then your result will be rulership and authority and dominion. Right now, you don't have it, but you got five talents, you've got two talents, and you've got one talent. I'm trying not to preach, but I'm just giving you what's in my heart, okay? I want, listen, you need to forget about this bless me and and give me a word and prophesy over me because it's not going to happen in the next few weeks. But I am going to teach you how to put and apply the law of use in your life that will bring about the abundance of God's blessings. Listen, we are a spoiled generation that think we've got to have a word, we've got to have a prophet, we've got to have an evangelist to come in and give us a word and tell us what God. God's gonna do. I'm telling you this morning that God is saying if you will apply what you are listening to and hearing the abundance of God's blessings will begin to flow in your life and you will experience miraculous things happening in your life. You got to use what you've been given. Quit sitting back saying, if I had this, if I could get this, if I could get a little bit more, then I'd do something for God. If I had a little more time, I'd put more into the church. If I had a little more money, I'd give God a little bit. Listen, God is saying, "Ah, quit saying all that and use what you've been given. Listen, you got to realize that your destiny starts with opportunity. That's where your destiny begins. It begins with opportunity. I I dare say that the man that got the five, the one that got the two, and the other one who got one did not realize that this is where my destiny is starting. Don't discount the small things in your life and discount the little things in your life because it could be that that is that that God is putting in your life and say if you will apply the law of use to this, I am going to multiply it and bring it out and it's going to be great. Listen, the opportunity can sometimes look small and insignificant when we compare it to the dream that we have. Remember the story in John chapter 6, verse 9, where uh, Jesus fed the 5,000, but before he fed the 5,000, do you remember what the disciples said? There's a lad here among us which has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Listen, we get caught up in saying, what have I got among so many? What have I got to offer? Look look over there at Brother Robert. Look what he's got, man. What have I got compared to him? Look at Brother Jack over there. Look at all he's got. Look at the talent that that guy's got. What have I got to give? Jake back there, man, he can play the drums and 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 he can call the the drums, can talk and all that. What have I got uh, compared to him? And we're always comparing what we have against what somebody else has. And listen, anytime you do that, you will always see yourself on the bottom end of the deal because you're always looking and saying, if I could be like them, if I could be like T.D. Jakes, if I could be like somebody else, if I could be like Rod Parsley, If I could be like somebody else, uh, if I could be like Cornelius Phillips, I would would get up and I would do it. But listen, you're always going to come out on the low end of of the stick when you compare yourself with somebody else. Can I tell you, and this is a word for somebody, God created you the way you are for purpose. Quit trying to change because somebody don't like the way you are. God didn't make a mistake. He knew exactly what he was doing. Because your attitude is the very thing that is going to be needed to get in the face of the devil and say no more. Quit allowing people to come in and saying you're just like this one. You're just like your mama. You're just like your daddy. No, I'm not just like my daddy, and I'm not just like my mama. I am like God created me, and I'm excited about the way God created me. And I will no longer worry about changing who I am to, to, to treat somebody's fantasy. Listen, the danger of comparing what I have with what others has is it becomes a trap. And I believe that that's one thing that happened to the servant that only received one. In verse 25, he said, I was afraid and I went and I hid that that you had given me in the earth. Listen, because when I compare what I've got to somebody else, I'm only seeing the outward shell. I'm not seeing what's on the inside. I'm not seeing what they have worked and labored to get to where they are. So don't compare what you've got to somebody else. Listen, and I want to give you this. Past failure will cause you to miss present opportunity. I'm going to say that again. Past failure will cause you to miss present opportunity. You've been beat up, abused, lied to, lied on, and all that by your first husband or your second or your third husband. And God says, I've got one for you now that I'm putting in front of you and because of your past failure, You're not able to see how awesome he is. I don't know where I come up with that illustration, but you understand what I'm saying? Don't let your past dictate your present because God is not worried about the past. He's worried about right now. All right? Listen, one thing that caught my eye between these three servants is the one that had five, the one who had two, never mentioned the word fear. But the one that only had one talent said, I feared. I, I, I feared, I was worried. Can I, can I tell you something this morning? And this is something that God's been dealing with me and just, just, just putting, just washing me with and that is the love of Jesus. It's not the love that he's given to me, but it's the love that I give to him. And, and, and God began to deal with me, and he said, Son, he said that, one, that servant that had just the one talent, he just needed to understand who I was, and he needed to love me with a love that is fervent and a love that's complete. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, and verse 18, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Now catch this. You were entrusted with little, but you were faithful with a little that God gave you. Now you have dominion over much. Catch this. You have been a faithful servant and because of your faithfulness with the little, God said now you will become a ruler the one that allowed fear to capture and captivate. Uh, Maybe he allowed the past failure to dictate what he was going to do with that one talent. What if it was that one talent of gold that what he had been given was really worth more than all the others had been given but yet because he had had failed in the past he said I'm not going to fail anymore and so I'm going to take this piece of gold and I'm going to hide it and I'm going to make sure that nothing happens to it. Listen, but here's what really happened. The ones that had been faithful were made rulers over much. The ones that had been faithful uh, received dominion all over. But the one that was not faithful, he lost that that he had and he was cast out into outer darkness. So I'm going to close with this. What God's given you And we're, we're we're talking about money today, because this is the day that we're kicking off something that that is going to wipe out the debt of this church. Listen, don't look outside and say, well. God's going to bring a millionaire in here. He's going to write a check for a million dollars and it's going to be over with and we're going to jump and shout no. God might say, I want to use that little widow's might that you've got, that you've looked at and said, this is nothing. This is insignificant. God says, apply the law of use to what I've given you and watch what happens. All right, here we go. Just, just bear with me, okay, guys. Put it up there. We're. I want to share this with you. McCullough Christian Center owes our current debt is three hundred nineteen thousand. Actually, it's three hundred nineteen thousand five hundred and ninety nine dollars and a few cents that we owe on this facility right now. That's come down from uh, a little over a million dollars that we've been able to pay down over the years, and we're thankful for that. That's, that's those of you that tithe, those of you that give, okay? This is money, all right? God has blessed us, but yet we believe that this year God is going to wipe that out. We believe that this year that God is going to move in this we're currently in the process of of selling our old facility that's up up the road and the sale for that facility will be $150,000 that is a great great deal for for uh, the people that's getting that facility it is an awesome facility and and so we're going to take that money and apply it to our debt. So what we're tr- what we're doing now is that we want to try to match the sale of that building to the debt, the the rest of the debt, so that we can wipe it out. So that's what we're coming to you today about. We've got these papers, Pastor Don. Y'all got these papers. Uh, They're they're gonna they're gonna begin to pass these out. I'm gonna go over it real quickly, Uh, and and the way that we've got this figured is that 200 people or businesses who could give $500 that would be $100,000. If you can't do that, if we can get 100 people or businesses that could give $1,000. That would wipe our debt out, all right? Or 50 people that could give $2,000, and it goes on down. And so we're asking you, catch okay, this is something that you're going to give. We're fixing to, so don't get up and leave because I'm asking you for money. Don't get up and leave because fi- we're fixing to give you some money. That ain't never happened in church, Pastor. Well, it's going to happen today at McCullough Christian Center. We're going to give you some money. All right. So, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this piece of paper that's got giving levels on it, and I want you to pray about it, and remember the law of use. Listen, it's time that that God is calling today. And I believe this with all my heart, that God is calling us today to step out of the comfort zone and begin to give into his kingdom and see how he blesses. Some of you in here, $5,000 wouldn't touch you. Others in here, $50 is hard for you. We understand that. All right? Remember the talents. The law of use. Use what you've been given. We're going we're to push this for six weeks, all right? So on Father's Day, June 16th, this will, be, will, this will culminate. The reason that we're doing it like this, we're not putting a limit on it, so you can continue to give after that, but we're pushing for that. Listen to this. Because... We have been told that whatever money that we raise as a church will be matched. Y'all didn't hear that. Y'all ain't heard y'all ain't heard me. Y'all y'all got the buffet on your mind, you didn't even catch what I said. All right, we've got somebody that that if if we raise fifty thousand or whatever, they'll match it. All right? Now here's something else, and, and this is I'm super excited about this. The next thing that we're gonna do and, and you're gonna be able to, to be a part of that today, is that we are going to enact this parable of the talents. And we're going to give every family in here, every if you are a single mom uh, or unmarried mom, dad, whatever, granddaddy, we're going to give you an envelope this morning that contains a certain amount of money. We're not going to be able to pay the light bill next week, but, but we're going to give you some money. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We're going to give you some money. And here's what I want you to do. It will become your responsibility to take what we give you and creatively figure out how that you can take that money and multiply it. And on June 16th or before or whenever, you will bring what you have increased by, bring it back into the church, and we're going to receive a special offering with that money. Also, we're going to recognize the top three people that have increased their money the most. All right. So what I'm saying is you can take the money that we give you. You can do car washes. This is a family thing. It's a good opportunity for you to teach some some godly principles to your children. We can do car washes. You might want to do uh, uh, other things. But I've got this special family that, uh, that has uh, become a part of our family here. Uh, and, and they're going to come and share with us this morning because they're the ones that, that kind of ignited this in me. But they're going to come and share with us this morning The power of what we're doing today. So I want you to understand, don't see it small, because God can do great things with it, okay? So I'm going to ask uh, uh, Wes and Patty, if you guys will come. This is Wes and Patty White. They're from Repton, Alabama. They've been coming to McCullough Christian Center for several months. Love these guys, and and uh, they've just fallen in love with the church, and and they've come and, and uh, God has has used them. And uh, if you're ever up around Repton, uh, the South Forty Restaurant, these guys are there. Uh, so, uh, anyway, I'm gonna. I want I want uh, Patty and Wes or either one of them to share. Uh, just briefly about uh, what happened to them through what we're about to do here.
0: Good morning, my church. Um, Tears already. I can't explain it since my feet hit the floor. I knew what this was about. Um, I shared it with Pastor Judy. My tissue's in my pocket. (laughs) Um, Five years ago, I got one, just once. Okay. Five years ago, we um, were able to visit a church um, in Pensacola. We decided to go, his brother Jason sang. He won a contest through the uh, Pensacola Fairgrounds. We started going to um, Marcus Point Baptist Church. My brain's fried. Um, we became members there at, at one point our very first missions conference came and our pastor there, Pastor Godfrey, gave everybody in the congregation an envelope, had money in it, random amounts of money, and however many you had in your family is how many envelopes you got. We had four in our family at the time, so we got four white envelopes. We ended up with seventeen dollars. He said take your money and make a profit from it and at the end of the four weeks we had I want you to turn it in and give it, and we're going to turn all this money in to our missions that he had brought back from other countries for those four weeks. So um, $17 we started out with. Other families had $500. It was just very random. My husband and I had four weeks to do this in. Had no idea what we were going to do. Jason and Casey had actually decided to do a car wash. They raised their money that way. Three weeks went by, we had prayed over this money, couldn't figure out what to do with it, God direct us. What are we supposed to do? On the way home that Sunday, our last Sunday we had, I was looking out the window, the car was silent, our kids were quiet, still praying on what to do with it. I'm a mom, been running a restaurant, that's what God had for me, okay. I turned and looked at Wes, and I said, before my brain could get it to stop saying it, I looked at him, and I said, let's bake cupcakes, and he said, what, <laughs> I don't bake, I said, I don't either, <laughs> I don't either, but we're supposed to bake cupcakes with this money, I said, we're going to bake them, and we're going to sell them at South 40, he said, okay, that instant, it didn't take him but seconds, Say, okay, we're going to do this. We went home Um, Sunday, that Monday. We baked a random number of 120 cupcakes. Our kitchen was a disaster. (laughs) But we made it. We boxed every one of them up, took them to South 40. I walked from table to table telling them where this money was going and what it was for and why I was doing it. We sold every box within a day and a half at the restaurant. Those were gone. So we had to restart again. Here we go another 120 cupcakes. By the end of that Saturday, we had baked over 650-something cupcakes in my kitchen. Every box but the last box our church bought from us. From $17, y'all. $17 sounds so little. But we raised $1,100.17. From $17. We were able to give our testimony, and I kept hearing this voice, Patty, I'm giving you something, don't walk away from this, and I begged God, Lord, I don't want to be a baker, this is a lot of work, this is a lot of work. (laughs) I didn't want to smell (laughs) buttercream, I didn't, there was powdered sugar, there's still powdered sugar everywhere. But this random lady came to me, and she said, can you bake me a cake? Y'all, I didn't have a cake pan. I had cupcake pans because my husband took me to Michael's, and we got what we needed. Praise the Lord for some Michael's. But this random lady, and to this day, put my hand on the good book and tell you I don't know who she is. I do not know her name. She asked me for a baby shower cake, and my husband said, you got this said okay let's go back to michael's (laughs) so he took me back to michael's and with lots and lots of bags later we came home with an enormous amount of cake pans and I very very scared baked that cake and iced that cake and to this day I know it was a baseball cake and that lady picked it up and I've never seen her I've never talked to her again but I knew from Marcus Point to that $17 to baking those cupcakes, God was putting me in a place that I was supposed to be a baker for him, not for me. Not for me. Not for any of this. But strictly for him, because I know where the money's going. We have prayed for a bakery. We have prayed. We know there's a new adventure coming. We know this. We've dreamed about it. We've dreamed about buying the South 40, We've dreamed and we have seen the bakery right beside cell 40, a mile from our house. We know it's coming, but it's on his time. But like Pastor said, he's giving you these little things, these little things to build you up for these huge things he has for y'all, for all of us. There's a talent in every one of them. And every dollar that's given, there's a talent somewhere. Pray over it and dig deep figure out what it is because it might be the destiny he has for y'all just like i found the destiny the purpose of what i was born for and i was supposed to be a baker and for the rest of my days i'll be a baker strictly for god's kingdom because i know where it's going
2: Also guys, and she failed to mention that if you need a cake, <laughs> patty cakes. Patty cakes. That's the name that's the name of her uh bakery. Yeah, they did the wild game, the cake and the wild game came from Patty Cakes. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Let's give Jesus a hand on that. Thank you guys so much. Thank y'all, Wes. So We've got a table set up in the back uh pastor don pastor Debbie, uh, sister kathy and brother brian are going to be there they're going to they're going to uh they've got the envelopes go by they're going to give you an envelope and they're going to write your name down because we want to keep a track of where everyone goes and so i want you to get one and uh and take it and do whatever God lays on your heart to do. What if God says your destiny is in that envelope? But you would never discover your destiny un- until you were a little pressure was put there. So I want to encourage you to do that because I know God's going to bless. Amen? Let's pray. Father, God, this morning... We thank you that you don't work according to our thinking. You do things differently. You work differently. So, Father, this morning, you know where we are. You know what we're doing. So we ask you this morning, every envelope that is being given out this morning, that you would take it and multiply it. Take it. Father, I just speak over this house today. God, creative thinking. I speak over the minds of men and women in this room today, God, that they would have revelations, strategies that would begin to come, and, God, that you would bless them to multiply what you are giving them today. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me say this. If you're a teenager here this morning and your parent, your mom or dad is not with you, get an envelope. They're going to write your name down, and uh, six weeks, six weeks, June 16th, will be the deadline. All right, ready, set, go. (laughs) Listen, if you know somebody that's not here today that that won't be able to get an envelope, let them know we'll still be able to give it to them later on.